0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the
1: world of wrestling. On today's episode, uh, we'll discuss uh, just kind of the notion of the casual wrestling fan and uh, how I feel like uh, AEW may have a growth strategy in mind that doesn't involve those casual fans at all. I'll uh, also be talking about uh, last night's excellent episode of AEW Dynamite and uh, just some housekeeping things about the show in general. Uh, so all this and more coming up for you guys in a minute. So thanks again, uh, just to everyone for tuning in. This is The Next Pillar, your AEW podcast, where each and every week we bring you a balanced blend of entertainment and insight inspired by the latest goings on in all eight wrestling. And you may be thinking to yourself, well, if it's each and every week, where have you been for the past two weeks? And you would have a good point. Uh and you also might be saying to yourself, "Hey Blake, wasn't there some other time that you had to take 2 weeks off and then came back and said that wouldn't happen again?" Uh and you're right. And these are all very fair points, you know. I'm not going to take this I'm not going to pull a TK and maybe take this criticism a little too personally. Uh but yeah, I did want to just explain uh to you folks just uh the circumstances of uh i guess where i've been the past couple weeks um so this all started uh when uh, i got appendicitis went to the hospital and uh fortunately did not need to be cut open uh and it was actually really convenient because i went to the hospital for appendicitis on thursday and i was home on friday so of course you know that was nice i got to watch dynamite and rampage just at home as you would want to do but uh Unfortunately, uh, the Saturday that I came home from the, uh, or the Friday rather that I came home from the hospital, uh, my wife, uh, stepped out the door, uh, someone in the discord pointed out that Randy Orton did the same thing. And, uh, yeah, she tore a, uh, she tore a ligament in her foot, uh, just by stepping outside. And, uh, so those of you, you know, out there who also have kids can imagine, uh, a, you know i'm a man with adhd and uh various other issues being tasked to take care of a baby and a 10-year-old with ocd uh and you know it hasn't been pretty uh i there's there's not a lot of people that i would want seeing our kitchen right now i'll be honest but uh other than that uh things are going very well for us and uh You know, It's kind of one of those things where uh, I would like to say that things here will quiet down, but uh, given the fact that I'm starting a new job soon and we um, will be opening this business that we've been starting finally, uh, it's a piano school. um, Yeah, I would like to say that things will quiet down, but the fact of the matter is that uh, things will be pretty busy for me, uh, but they will be busy in a good way. And I'm sure you folks uh, can imagine the different, the different, just the difference in that that I'm talking about. Uh, there's being busy in a good way, and there's being busy in a bad way. Uh, for example, today we now found out that my wife uh, has scabies. So <laughs> uh, we're going to be... Uh, I mean, yeah. If you've had lice, you know how the whole thing rolls. It's just I, I guess that scabies is like lice for adults. So... Uh, But I digress Uh, it's so nice to be with everyone here today and uh, yeah I did want to talk about just a a little bit about the last show that I did which I now feel like bad and frankly super weird is just kind of been out there for weeks as like the impression of uh, the next pillar show you know. Uh, Just because that show was again, you know, it was called the negative episode. It was a lot negative, uh, a lot more negative than I usually am. Um, And when I say a balanced blend, you know, I'm not trying to do the like um, like the CNN like crossfire. Oh, we need to have both sides of this issue. I mean, balanced as like approaching each and every issue of the day uh, without recency bias. Which is something that a, a lot of folks about uh, a lot of folks in media these days, uh, but particularly wrestling, I would actually say that in sports like basketball, uh, recency bias is probably even worse when it comes to media folks. Um, but that's just an example. Uh, when I say balanced, I kind of mean like like on the level, if you know what I'm saying. Um, but one of the things that has continued to dominate. Uh, just the discourse surrounding all elite wrestling really throughout its history as a company, but uh, continues to be a a major issue um, is just this notion of how AEW needs to cater to the casual fan. And look, I know that, uh, you know, you folks, if you're listening to this show, you probably listen to other wrestling podcasts and you've probably heard some other people talk about just this notion of the casual fan. Um, but I had a couple points about it specifically that I, I wanted to go over. And, uh, you know, I'm not trying to be like Mr. Guy sitting here in a fedora or something. But this is a classic example of a logical fallacy, you know, where it's a false dilemma of a w either needs to cater to casual fans or do what they're currently doing, where, in fact, of course, It's possible to do more than one thing. It's possible to cater to multiple audiences simultaneously, of course. And if you look at the situation, you know, keeping in mind that, you know, literally millions of people who are watching WWE since the Attitude Era have stopped. And, you know, where are these, you know, millions of people who used to watch Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, what have you. Uh, You know, where are these people? And how can, you know, AEW possibly, you know, reach out to them? Which is why I think you see things like, um, you know, Jeff Hardy being put in this tournament, which is something that I a lot of folks uh, could not get behind. Um, And I think even, you know, (laughs) and I will say that Dynamite may have been one of the roughest uh, JR performances in recent memory. Um, I felt like at one point he was just like trying to shoot his shot with Mar- Martha Hart. Did anyone else pick up on this? But uh, I mean, JR is there for a reason. We've talked about this before on the show. Um, but the thing is that a lot of those former, you know, WWE, well, actually WWF viewers, uh, they were watching wrestling because wrestling it captured a cultural moment. In the 90s in a way that we've really not seen since. Uh, And it it might be hard for folks who, you know, I was talking with um, a friend of mine who's my exact same age. And so him and I have like very similar. um, I guess we've just we became wrestling fans at the same time. And so that does shape your understanding of wrestling, depending on when you became a fan. Uh, and so for me, you know, it's like, I remember, you know, going in my middle school, going in my high school and literally everyone, even the popular kids are talking about wrestling. Now, obviously this might be a little bit in part due to the fact that I grew up in a, a very, uh, uh, you know, low income area as I've talked to, as I've talked about on here before. Uh, but nonetheless, Uh, the kind of popularity that was going on in the Attitude Era, uh, it was much more than just wrestling being popular with wrestling fans. Uh, It was wrestling was part of a cultural moment, you know. Uh, There are a few things, you know, if you look back on it, the late 90s, early 2000s was a very weird period in history, uh, you know, just before 9-11. And the culture of that time is pretty interesting to examine looking back on it you know things like new metal uh you know i it was a weird time it was a pretty gross time overall honestly um and uh and also the fast food was just so much better back then and that's not even a subjective thing like if you look into it if you look into the ways that like laws regarding trans fats have changed Since that exact same time period, you can track like that's why fast food tastes bad now. It's ultimately probably good for us. But uh, I'm sorry, that was a big aside. But I will say this. Uh, We we may never see wrestling become that kind of cultural moment again, just because there are so much fewer moments of, you know, what some people call monoculture these days. Um, and that's actually been a way that I've actually been able to get a couple people into wrestling now is just that there is something pretty novel about watching something happen live, you know, uh, that's why, uh, you know, I'm still using my mom's cable login, um, please no one tell Xfinity, uh, to watch, you know, the East coast feed of TBS on my TV or what have you. Uh, there's just something special about that, but Beyond that, of course, you know people aren't going to watch AEW just because it's live. Um, I mean, these these are some of my friends. These people may not have that much to do, uh, but uh, the kind of cultural moment that the WWE was able to capture, you know, in the late '90s to 2000s, um, a lot of those people were watching WWE not because they even liked wrestling, but just because it was a cultural moment. But having said that. This is the main thing that that false dilemma of casual fans versus hardcore wrestling fans. um, The one thing that that misses is just the potential that AEW has to bring in and make additional hardcore wrestling fans. And I really do think that that is part of what Tony Khan has been doing all along. When you look at the purchase of Ring of Honor. You look at how, um, you know, collaborative he's been at times with other, you know, wrestling organizations. You look at the fact that there are so many AEW wrestlers, you know, wrestling significant independent shows. And I know some of you out there may be thinking, yeah, they go to all these indie shows and they win every match that they have, and it doesn't really do anything for the uh, for the wrestlers there. And I understand that criticism. Uh, it seems like Tony is pretty unwilling to lend, you know, AW talent out um, unless he knows that they're going over. And you can't fault him for that, obviously. But I do understand the criticism. But regardless, especially when you look, and I had a couple of you, uh, you know, want to know if I have a take on the cheeseboard guy and all his ridiculousness with the, you know, saying that, the united center wouldn't sell out or saying that you united center would be entirely dudes which incidentally i was telling my wife just that uh because uh we are trying to uh there are some things in in the makings we are uh trying to go to forbidden door uh just because i've always wanted to go to chicago and um Guys, I'm just. <laughs> I said the dumbest thing the other day. I'm gonna level with you. Uh, I was talking just about how I was trying to figure out how to go to uh, Forbidden Door uh, with a friend of mine, and um, yeah, he was just talking to me about it, and I was explaining just that, like you know, if we were actually to see a CM Punk Okada match, you know, that would be really historical. And I don't know why I said that, said this, but I was like. You know, it would be like being able to see the Battle of Normandy or something. I know I mean obviously these things were not these are not comparable historical events, so I'm not really sure why I said that. But uh nor are they comparable in substance. I yes, I'm aware of that. Uh but anyway, I digress. I really do think though that there is an opportunity where it's like instead of catering to casual fans and watering your product down, you can just make more hardcore fans. And this is something that not a lot of people talk about. And I'll say like in this day and age, and not just my friends, but a lot of folks, they love to get into things like I just, a friend of mine just started getting into Dungeons and Dragons. And this is someone where I would never in a million years think that this person would have ever gotten into Dungeons and Dragons. Um, And so I I saw her talking about it online. And I guess for her, the crux of it was that she just loves to get into things that have, you know, like her word was like a mountain of established lore and history and things that you can look up in different little subcultures within this big thing. And what thing is and, you know, not to compare wrestling directly to Dungeons and Dragons, because maybe that's some low hanging fruit. But... Uh, like, let's stop and think here, like, what is wrestling? Like wrestling, like what art form has more lore to it than wrestling? Like, uh, and a tremendous amount of history behind it, you know? And I think that, you know, folks in AEW realize this. And I think that's why, you know, you hear, um, I'm not saying that this is the only reason why they're doing it, but I think that AEW has done a great job of, um, um, you know, even something as little—I forget who I saw mentioning this the other day—but a really nice little detail of Dynamite last night um, was just that part of why you know Danhausen losing so quickly uh, was so shocking is that they did not give Tony Niece an entrance, and as an audience, we've been trained to be like, "Oh, well, this guy's doesn't even get an entrance. Obviously, he's losing." And I think that that's a great example of how if you keep your audience informed. Um, that pays dividends. And I think that stands in pretty stark contrast to how WWE treats their audience where they're like, Oh yeah, this person has uh, never beat this other person. And then you find out that they actually did like two months ago. Um, that's an example of assuming that your audience is stupid and wanting to make them more stupid, which is kind of the relationship between the WWE and their audience, frankly. Um, But more, you know, more importantly here, yeah, this false dilemma of you got to have either casual fans or hardcore fans. uh, It's a joke because one thing that they can do is make more hardcore fans. And I can't imagine a better edition of AEW Dynamite uh, to accomplish that goal last night. Um, And part of why I wanted to talk about like, yeah, last week's episode was definitely too negative Uh, is just you know again the thing that I have been getting on uh, the creative side of AEW about is a lack of consistent storytelling on a weekly basis and that episode of Dynamite last night uh, it felt like almost every segment was part of something that and some folks out there will just be like well that was a great episode of Raw because like every match had a story behind it and it's like well, that doesn't make a great episode of Raw. That's like what every episode of Raw should already be like. Uh, and in contrast, that episode of a of AEW Dynamite last night, it wasn't just that every match had a story. It's that every match had a story that uh, had either been building for weeks or is seemingly leading to a story that will be building to weeks. And that's what I'm talking about in terms of like, you know, what is good wrestling storytelling? Uh, as with so many other things in life, it comes down to consistency, consistency on a week to week basis. You know, that is what builds attachment between wrestling fans and the wrestlers and the companies and the managers and the tag teams and everything else is that you need to, as a fan, see consistent storytelling on a weekly basis, or there's no thread being woven. You know, you're you're not going to get invested in the programming, if there's no reason to tune in every week to see things actually develop, not just fun wrestling matches, but storylines that develop. And I realize that like, uh, you know, I'm not doing the Eric Bischoff thing. I'm not saying that AEW is not going to grow. Uh, because in fact it's been the opposite where, you know, sometimes despite the lack of consistent storytelling on a week to week basis, AEW has still been able to present these like incredible matches that have helped the company grow. And so, you know, if you have a TV show, that's, you know, wrestling that people like watching, that's going to grow in and of itself. But I think if you add in some of these things, like just a, a great start to finish episode of dynamite, almost no complaints. And every segment has a story that's being built on a week to week basis in a consistent manner. Uh, I mean that's more than icing on the cake that's the kind of programming uh, where we just might see wrestling capture a cultural moment Uh, again I don't think we'll ever see what happened in the late 90s early 2000s happen ever again but I think we can see wrestling being maybe a little more popular than it is now and maybe not popular you know because someone texted their roommates from college and said oh Stone Cold's on TV not because of stuff like that. I'm saying like, how cool would it be to have wrestling build an audience because of consistent weekly storytelling and stuff like, hey, if you watch AEW, you know, you're going to see like amazing stars from New Japan from all over the world. And I think that the the more that people know that they can tune into AEW Dynamite and not just learn about AEW, but learn about wrestling as a whole find wrestlers to follow and you know check out other federations where they go and have incredible matches uh no better story of that than Jon Moxley and I see it I see people on my feed uh on a regular basis checking out different federations that they've never checked out before because Jon Moxley's wrestling there you know and uh I think that that's what the wrestling scene right now is all about uh you know or at least it should be, you know, um, and Tony, you could probably have, you know, is anyone really gonna, you know, throw a, throw a, a riot if Ruby Soho were to lose a match at an indie Fed, you know, I'm just saying. So that is why, you know, anyone looking at this forbidden door pay-per-view, a sold out Pay per view in the United Center as anything other than a huge win for AEW, selling a building out just based on the concept of AEW versus all J- versus New Japan. Almost said all Japan. I know I would have never heard the end of that. uh Just off of that concept in general, they sold out the United Center, and that's because I think this audience of hardcore wrestling fans is continuing to grow. And I think it's something that a lot of people, even folks that you might not necessarily expect, will be able to tap into. Uh, And so this show is anything but negative. After last night's episode of Dynamite, uh, I'm feeling better about AEW uh, than ever. And I can't wait to talk to you guys about it uh, on a weekly basis. But more on that in a minute.
0: Off again, that's arena club.com/slash VOW net, arena club.com/slash VOW net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.
1: And we are back. Uh, so yeah, obviously, uh, no music this week, just given the fact that, uh, my wife has a. Uh, Uh, torn ligament in her foot and scabies. Uh, But we will have a musical piece next week. And I will also say uh, next week, things will be kind of back to more of what you're used to hearing from me uh, in terms of, you know, having a prepared broadcast. I thought about taking another week off uh, just because as I said, things are still a little nuts and I knew I wouldn't have time to, uh, plan out and, uh, like write parts of the show like I usually do, uh, or at least have an outline, I should say. Uh, but I also did just want to touch base with you guys, uh, just to let you know that I really did appreciate, uh, those of you who reached out and just like wanted to know what was going on and where the show was, uh, because I have, you know, I talk about this from time to time. I have a tendency to overshare on here. And so a lot of you folks know that, um, Uh, You know, if I'm not doing the show, uh, you know, it's not because I had, you know, too big of an edible uh, because there's there's never too big of an edible. Uh, It's because I'm, you know, not having a good time because of uh, some crazy things going on in my life. But anyway, uh, just so you folks know, uh, the show will continue to be on Mondays. Uh, But one change that I am looking to make is. I really do enjoy getting this listener mail, but I would like to start having, uh, again, you know, the, your AW podcast thing is not just a tagline. Um, there's more than one Royal family in rest. No, uh, it's not just a tagline. And, uh, I would love to have some of you who have written in with some really insightful points, uh, just go ahead and, and come on the show. And why don't we talk about something for 10 or 15 minutes? Uh, you know, some, I've, had a few of you, you know, write in about, uh, you know, the issues with the women's division booking. Uh, you know, I had someone write in and, um, have a pretty elaborate plan for, you know, how they think that AEW could turn Ricky Starks into like a major star. Um, and so things like that where, you know, you folks have, you know, something you'd really like to hear on the show and it's something really thought out like that. I would much rather just have someone come on and talk about it. Uh, as opposed to me reading or trying to paraphrase uh, what they what they wrote. So um, if you're out of your listing and you think that there's something about AEW that needs to be talked about that no other show is talking about, uh, send me an email, nextpillaraw at gmail.com or find me on Twitter at BlakeOnWax at next at nextpillaraw. Um, and uh, yeah, we can see about making it happen. Uh, something else I wanted to mention before I forget uh, is just that I will be on uh, the wild thing podcast, which is a a great podcast uh, hosted by Joey O'Doherty uh, focused on the career of John Moxley. Um, I'm actually going to be on there uh, talking about CM Punk. Uh, We're going to break down uh, the handicap match of uh, the shield, all three members of the shield fighting CM Punk, which um, at TLC Uh, 2013, which in and of itself is not that remarkable of a match. But as a match, uh, it lends itself to a lot of really interesting discussion, just given, you know, the historical context and, you know, of course, you know, what ends up happening to all four participants in the match. So, uh, you know, again, it's called wild thing. You can find it. It's a John Moxley podcast. Um, And yeah, you can find on the voices of wrestling feed, which you, I, yeah, your folks, I'm, I'm sure already, Watching quite closely. Uh, so, yeah, I did just want to touch base about the show. You know, we will be back to every Monday. We'll have, you know, music each week. All the things that you guys, I I, I know, like, know and like about the show. Uh, we also have a new show logo, which uh, should be up on y'all's feed right now. But if you listen on the Voices of Wrestling feed, you can see the new logo. Again, just Twitter slash you know, next pillar AEW it's up there. And, uh, if you'd like the logo right now, it's on blue. Uh, but we will be making a shirt from this logo so you can get stoked on that if you want to go and look at it. So, um, yeah, just a tremendous episode of AEW dynamite last night. Um, and one more thing I just wanted to talk to you guys about. Uh, I did have someone write in, there's actually two more things I'm going to talk about. Sorry. Uh, I did have someone write in uh, just asking, um, I guess, like my opinion of one Jeff Hardy. Uh, And, you know, you folks may remember a few weeks ago, I had a pretty lengthy segment on the show just talking about uh, how I was actually pretty excited for this Hardy Boys reunion in part just because of. Uh, people I remember, you know, growing up with in high school, being into the Hardy Boys, uh, a friend of mine from that time, Neymar in specific. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I and I tried to identify this in that segment, but like I'm not like a Hardy Boys super fan, uh, you know, just because I can appreciate what other people see in the Hardies. And there's I've seen a lot of head scratching from You know, not to use that word again, but hardcore wrestling fans who don't seem to get like, why are these people popping for Jeff Hardy? He's terrible in the ring. Uh, And I'm not going to dispute that, you know, that he has looked pretty rough at times. But that's because people have a connection with the Hardy Boys that uh, I think is probably impossible to understand unless you grew up watching the Hardy Boys. It's one of those things which is very those things are very interesting, you know what I mean? Um, but I will say, you know, I do I understand the appeal of the Hardy Boys absolutely. You know, do I think that Jeff Hardy should have gotten a spot in this tournament that theoretically, you know, should be about putting the best in, in-ring product forward? Uh that is something I have some misgivings about. I think it does make sense that you know that they Would want to have some nice moments with Jeff Hardy as a solo performer, uh, regardless of how he's moving in the ring. I'm not sure if having Darby lose in this tournament was the best move there, Uh, just because um, it has been a while since I have seen uh, a match be met with such a lack of enthusiasm and excitement as when this Adam Cole-Jeff Hardy match, you know, was obviously announced uh, with with him beating Darby Allen. And, um, you know, I get that. I know that folks out there don't like Adam Cole as much as my uh, wife and especially my wife, but also me. And just by the way, just so you folks know, my wife uh, has been very out about, uh, you know, having uh you know having a little fancy for uh you know adam cole and john moxley and you know more power to her uh and if you folks out there are wondering uh that attitude is not reciprocal i will just say some pretty tense moments in the household when jamie hater's on screen i'm just saying uh but regardless um what other thing that i wanted to talk about uh, just about last night's episode of Dynamite. Um, I uh, There's a line here uh, that I really liked from one of the last listener uh, mails that I got. Um, from a longtime and, you know, current leader in listener mails, uh, VJ. It was in response to me retiring the Tony Khan cooking Thanksgiving analogy that I used to explain... Kind of what I see are some of the shortcomings in AEW creative at times. Uh, and this line in this email: "Don't worry, I'm not going to bring the whole analogy back, but I really do enjoy it." Uh, hangman is not the turkey, and uh, again, not to re- resurrect that analogy completely, but yeah, absolutely. Like uh, Tony Khan has not treated this Hangman page reign as one would treat a Thanksgiving turkey. You know, I mean, unless you, I mean, I guess we have all been at those Thanksgivings that have bad turkeys, but, uh, he certainly, The well, funny thing is, is like my mom can, she can watch that turkey like a hawk and it still turns out like a disaster. I, I gotta say, like, I'm, you know, I'm in my thirties. I spent most of my life thinking that I hated cooking and home cooked meals. And I, you know, realize in my twenties, like oh yeah my mom's just really bad at cooking I actually really like home cooked meals and cooking Um, but yeah you know uh, something I wanted to mention is the reason why you know the best thing for Hangman Page is to be in this feud with CM Punk in a lot of ways other than the fact that he's I assume going to lose Um, is that uh, it's a little bit like if you'd go to Tony's for Thanksgiving and you know he'd have one of those catering guys Holding the, holding the carving knives uh, and a little black smock standing behind a, a carving board, you know? And then that's CM Punk. He's there. Because you know that CM Punk and his creative vision, even if Tony, you know, forgets about Hangman Page, CM Punk's not going to forget about Hangman Page. He's going to be there with, the, you know, he's got his little carving knives. Like, oh, you like dark meat? You like white meat? Like, what, what, what do you need? And then you're like you know, am I supposed to tip this guy or is that something that Tony takes care of? And, you know, then your wife asks you if you've had your Gabba that morning kind of thing. Uh, But the plus of it is uh, that we're about to see a, again, on a week to week basis, a consistently booked title program and not what we've had in the past of, oh yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, I guess he's fighting Adam Cole again, which kind of seems like, how the booking was for a lot of his title reign. And again, I guess I shouldn't just like offhandedly, uh, you know, assume that he's losing, but that's just kind of how I read into this situation. Um, obviously I could be totally wrong. And I, I, there is part of me and yeah, you folks might be wondering, uh, you know, as a gigantic CM Punk fan, obviously like I, you know, I would probably shed tears, you know, watching him, you know, win the title again. But as an AEW fan, yeah, there's part of me that's like, I don't know if this is after such a underwhelming reign. I don't know if this is the right time to take the the belt off of Hangman because I'm a fan of his. Uh, And you can see sometimes what that does to someone's career if they have a bad title reign, unceremoniously lose. uh, And not just in WWE, obviously, that's, you know. That's the WWE's MO. I'm saying just throughout wrestling history, we've seen what a bad title reign can do to wrestlers' careers. And I would hate to see it happen to someone like Hangman Page who... Uh, Hangman Page? no, uh, yeah, that's right. I just have some words of wisdom for you. Uh, and that's just... Uh, that I know sometimes it seems like uh, the world is against you, that you can never win. You know, that it's just, it's one thing after another. One more expectation that you had that that fell short of what it ended up being, you know. And, and, and no one knows what that's like more than me. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, you got to push through it, you know. It's its like that Nine Inch Nails song, Hangman, that sometimes the only way out is through. Is, is that the title of that song? Anyway, uh... You should give it a listen, Hangman. And um, I have enjoyed your title, Rain. Um, my wife says that her her mom would find you very attractive. Um, and uh, Hangman, hang in there. And I'll see you guys next week. And each and every Monday after that. Okay.